an ironic media production. Visit us at ironickmedia.com. Hey, y'all, I'm Bevan. And I'm Brittany. Welcome to Be My Neighbor. Our neighborly duties are to provide real-life solutions and practices that elevate and inspire, but also remind us to not take it all too seriously. We're real-life neighbors that quickly learn that you simply cannot do it on your own, living in a competitive and fast-paced environment like New York City. Each week, we invite you into the apartment along with our metaphorical and literal neighbors to share advice on how we get through this thing called life. We don't just share the sugar. We serve up the real tea. From navigating relationships to building a career, we want you to recognize and embrace the best version of you. We want you to know that your crazy is okay. And that you're definitely not alone. Our door is always open. And we want you to know, we've We've got got your back. back. the best connections we have gained throughout this whole experience is through our community. And we got a chance to meet this incredible woman through someone we pretty much consider a real life neighbor, our producer, Mark Ronick. After learning more about us, he knew we immediately needed to meet the Amy Stark. You may already know Amy from her podcast, The Ophelia Podcast, but if you haven't been acquainted yet, Amy is an author, speaker, teacher, and podcaster about personal transformation. For over a decade, Amy has been teaching others how to master their life and energy with the most cutting-edge tools and techniques. An author, speaker, teacher, and podcast host, Amy has a degree in psychology, a master's in education, she's an EFT practitioner, and is really known around the world for helping people create happier and healthier lives full of joy and purpose. Amy, welcome. We are so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you guys. I mean, I'm trying to hold back because I have 200 (laughs) questions just running through my head right now. This is right up my alley. (laughs) That's awesome. We are those people, though. We I guess you you could consider us believers, right, Bevan? I mean, we love to try new things. We love to look into our own spiritualities. I'm all about the yoga and we're all about the chanting and all of the beliefs. So, I mean... A lot of people don't really understand all of it. Mm -hmm. And being that we come from New York and we're so jaded and we know it all and we have all these classes, we wanted to kick it off by saying, when you go to a party and introduce yourself... (laughs) This is my question, obviously. Oh my God. Yeah. Let me ask it. Here's my question. When you go to a party and people are like, what do you do? And you go, oh, I'm a a reconnective healer. What do people say to you? Okay, so I don't say that. Okay, <laughs> how do you okay. do it? So, okay, yeah. here, let's just step it back. So, people automatically, if I say I'm a psychic, they think I'm reading their mind. So that I don't say, or I'm going to give them a reading. Or if I say I'm a medium, then they sit, think, okay, well, who's standing next to me, like from the other side? So I go really simple. I say something like, I help people to change their lives, you know. And I kind of feel them out. And they're like, oh yeah, that's, I mean, I went through this dark time, and I'm like, okay, so if they've gone through a dark time, they're probably probably more willing to hear what I have to say. So I kind of feel them out, but I generally go real gentle with what I tell them because <laughs> I don't want to freak them out or have them go running in the other room. I mean, I've had people stand up and walk out and not even say anything like after I have like revealed what I do and, the, and I'm like, whatever. <laughs> okay. So in your words, your words, what is it that you do? 
Because you do so many different things. So what is it? Tell us. I, I really help people to become happier, healthier, and find their purpose. Really, that's ultimately what I'm doing. I do it in a very non-conventional way, I would say. You know, people aren't really going around talking about what I do just yet. Because I, what I have done over the years is uh, learn all these tools and techniques to maximize your brain and body and energy and, you know, live from your your fullest potential. So like... What I talk about is what is coming. It'll be normal in, let's say, 10 years. Everybody will have, you know, somebody who they work with that's going to maximize their energy. They're going to understand what biohacking is and like why we do it, why I do it, why many people do it. Do you know what biohacking is? I don't. To be honest, we left that out of your description because we were like, we don't know what's going on. Yeah, I got scared. I was like, oh. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Sounds like a science experiment. I don't know. Basically, it is. So it started out with people trying to maximize their energy, their health. And so they would try things on themselves, like take a a different type of oil and see what it does for their brain, you know, or, you know, take a few supplements and see if it turned on certain genes. I mean, since I have the science background, first of all, I'm from New York City, so I totally get the skeptical nature of people. And I used to be that skeptical. I never anticipated ever being on this side of the spectrum where I'm talking about these crazy things. You know, I was a science teacher and got too stressed out and started meditating and then everything, boom, opened up by accident. So meditation was your gateway into all of this. Totally. Yeah. And what sort of meditation did you study? It was just whatever I made up. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of somebody saying like, you have to do a certain meditation or you have to do it a certain way. I basically told myself, Amy, you're stressed out. You need to calm down, sit down on the couch for 15 minutes. You have no excuse that you can't just sit there with your eyes shut for 15 minutes and like listen to the thoughts in your head. So I did that and I was like, wow, like I really didn't like what I was hearing in my head. Like I wouldn't talk to my worst friend or neighbor or anybody that way. So I was like, why am I talking to myself that way? Mm -hmm. So I started to really pick apart how I was talking to myself. And that really started to change the neural networks in my brain and how I viewed the world because I was more compassionate to myself than I was more compassionate to other people. And I was already like a very nice, kind person, but it just made me even love people more. In fact, after I do meditations, I would get in uh, my little jalopy and drive to the gym and I'd be like, I love everyone. (laughs) I'm like, I hope nobody sees me like with this grin on my face, like loving everyone. But that's really what it did for me. Like I changed how I was viewing the world. And it was only because I actually had gotten so stressed out that I, I didn't want to be here anymore. Like I wanted to walk in front of a bus like on Fifth Avenue. Like I literally got that bad. Yeah. And that's when I knew I'm like, I'm not that kind of person. Like, how do I get out of this? How do I figure out what's going on? And, and ultimately after I would say probably like a month of meditation, all this weird stuff started happening. And I started to have to like figure it out. And I didn't really want to tell anybody because it was really weird. (laughs) What do you mean weird stuff? Like the changes in the way that you view the world? Well, no, that was the easy stuff. (laughs) Like I'm like, you know, I'm meditating and all of a sudden I think of my twin sister and then um, my eyes start burning and then I open up my eyes and they were fine. And then I close them and they're burning again. And I'm like, what is going on? So I call my twin sister and I'm like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I have a double pink eye infection. And I was like, what's going on here? So yeah, she's like, you talk to mom. I'm like, I swear I didn't. So then the next day I think of my dad and my dad all of a sudden I got this pain in my tooth in the back of my mouth. And I was like, "Uh Oh, it's happening again. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to call my mom. I'm going to say, what's wrong with dad? I said, mom, how's dad? And she goes, well, he's at the dentist. He bit down on a walnut and broke his tooth. 
So I was like, something is going on here that like is unexplainable, but really cool, but also really scary. So then it became like, how do I shut that down? Because I didn't want to feel like my eyes were burning or my tooth was broken or whatever. So especially living among, you know, millions of people. So it was about a journey to figure out how do I master this gift and then use it when I wanted to. So wait, how did you start to dive into that more and shut off the fear, right? I mean, that had to be terrifying. So that's the thing is I really say to people, stay curious. Like I and I would be like, okay, either I'm crazy or there's a real mechanism happening or something really is truly there. So that's when I started diving into the energy of the body and, and reading books and listening to back then it was CDs and audio tapes, you know, mm-hmm. um, And then I started extrapolating like, okay, so maybe I'm connected to the quantum universe and like, I'm an energetic being like, I've never even heard of this. Like I was a science teacher. I used to teach a physics class in college. Like this stuff was not what (laughs) I like, was like set out to figure out. Well, I mean, I guess obviously it was what I was set out to figure out, but it was like, what the hell is going on? And then eventually I was like in a spiritual bookstore and ran into someone who was just looked at me and was like, you need help. And I'm going to take you to my spiritual group and you're going to meet some people that are like you. And I was like, thank you. Oh, I <laughs> bet that I was a like, huge relief to have a community of people. It and- was. Yeah. What I'm kind still of still a part of that group 15 years later, 16 years later, something like that. So and then my, my go ahead, babe. question. Sorry, yeah, I just like I'm I'm still in awe that you were a science teacher. And I know you also had mentioned in your bio some different chronic illnesses too. Mm-hmm. Do you think that going through some of those things and then finally having a chance to to relax your body and relax your mind, like it was like a healing mechanism for you in, in some yeah. way? So, so basically when you meditate or if you do EFT, which we're going to talk about, you're turning on your parasympathetic nervous system. So there, you can be in either like basically two modes. One is like the fight, flight, freeze, which is basically how New York is. Like you're just like going, 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 going. And that's where I was at. Like, so I was in a, I was working in one of the most dangerous schools in New York City where my life was being threatened daily. And then, you know, just the regular New York City lifestyle you know, you're always going. And so I needed something that was going to turn off that fight or flight and meditation happened to do that for me back then. Had I known EFT, I mean, I, I don't know how far along I would be. I'd be much further, I think, in terms of transformation because EFT is so awesome. So let's go ahead and talk about it. Pretend my husband is here, who's very confused by all of this stuff. Can you explain to him in the most basic terms what EFT is? Okay. So EFT is called emotional freedom technique. It's also referred to as tapping because you're tapping on the body. Essentially what you're doing is you're tapping on these points on your body and forget about, we can put aside that it's based on Chinese medicine, which has now been verified by Western medicine. It's called the primovascular system. But anyway, if we put that aside and you just simply just say tapping on the body in a rhythmic way is going to calm the body down. Like you can kind of like understand that. The thing that's really interesting about EFT is that it changes your brain and I'll tell you how it does it. So a lot of people are like, we're not energetic. And I'm like, well, how about this? If you were afraid of snakes and you're walking through the forest and you see 
a snake, what happens to your body? Like your body freaks out, you know, your heart starts racing, your breathing changes, your palms start sweating. You're like a mile away from where you first saw the snake. That is an energetic response. That is the signal from your brain going to your whole body and you're activated in a second or less. That would not be possible if it were a chemical reaction or any other reaction. It is an electrical impulse that goes to your entire body and you, you work in, you know, synchronicity and get away from the snake. And so essentially what happens is in the brain is the brain has seen, sees the snake, activates the neural network in the brain that remembers snakes and the, remembers the fact that you're scared of them. And if you are doing EFT, what it does, you have that like uh, highlighted network in your brain going, and then you start tapping on the body and that brings you back to the present moment. Mm. It's calming. And based on the Chinese meridians, like I said, and it's moving out this energy. So it's helping with this flow. And what happens is, is your brain's like, oh my gosh, this is a dangerous network now to be running because all of a sudden we're feeling calm. And normally when we see a snake, we are freaking out. Now, what's cool about this is you don't have to be in the forest or the woods or whatever tapping. You can do this at home. You can think of a snake. Your brain doesn't know the difference between you seeing one and you envisioning one, your whole body and your neural networks will all activate themselves in the same way. So you can still focus on if you were going to give a presentation, you can tap at your house in your bathroom if you wanted, you know, before you do the presentation, you can envision you doing that. So you can get over fears really quickly. And it does this by taking down that neural network and then rewriting a network in your brain, like creating one that is not afraid of snakes, that is not afraid to do public speaking, that is not afraid to get on an airplane. You know, that's how this really works. And it's so amazing and transformational and so quick. People don't even understand how it can even be that fast, but it's because it's energy. So quick question with the snake analogy, say I'm doing the tapping and then in that moment, I'm able to overcome the fear. When I see a snake again, is the brain rewritten? Yes. Basically never have the same response that you once had. Now, if you've done the tapping to um, the level, so you go from like 10 to zero. So 10 would be, I'm like really afraid. Zero is not at all. If you actually bring it down to zero, the chances of you being really scared of that snake are very, very small. So you may have a slight reaction like, oh, I don't like that snake or, oh, I'm noticing that, but it won't cause you to panic. It's It changes the way your body responds to the stimulus to the whatever's happening that you didn't like. So I had studied a little bit of meditation a long time ago. And the way they described it to me was like, sometimes we have subconscious memories in us, right? Mm -hmm. So we see a carpet that maybe our body remembers as a kid that was a traumatic moment or whatever it is. And we have some sort of response for subconscious stuff like this. Does the tapping work in that situation as well? That's what's really cool. Yes. So your body keeps the score. So there's, there's a book that has been written Mm -hmm. about that. A lot of times we say the issues are in the tissues. Like those memories are actually energetically imprinted in your body until you release them. So what happens when you have a traumatic event is that your brain will take like a snapshot of what's happening and then it'll remember how you feel. And so if, and this is where I come in, I can see this happening for people. I can see the pictures and the feeling coming together. So that's how we wind up clearing it. Because you're tapping and your body is like, oh, I remember this. You don't even have to remember it. So sometimes, for instance, I'll be working with clients. I'll be like, okay, this is what I'm seeing happening. And this is how I'm feeling. So let's tap on that. They'll be like, I don't remember it. That didn't happen. And I'm like, okay, if the energy is there, it will move. 
if not, then we don't have to worry about it. All of a sudden they'll start tapping and they'll start crying mm. and they'll release. And they're like, I have no idea. I didn't remember that. I didn't tell you that. And then they start crying and then they're like, oh, I remember it. They had blocked it. Or, and sometimes they don't always remember it, but it doesn't matter. The body releases it and it no longer bothers them anymore. So you just can see some, are you showing them a picture or like? Mm-mm. So when I'm working with somebody, let's say about public speaking, okay, mm-hmm. we would be talking and tapping and saying, okay, um, even though I'm afraid of speaking to this group of people, I deeply love and accept myself. And as they're tapping, what I see happening to the body is the layers are coming off of them. What I'll see as a layer is like in second grade, they're standing up in front of the class and everybody starts laughing at them. And then that comes off. And then they're like, oh, dad said I was terrible at speaking up or I'm, you know, all of a sudden I see them at the kitchen table and nobody's listening to them and they feel unsafe, you know? So we start unwinding all these layers and we get to the core. And as soon as we get to the core of, of the original memory of why they aren't good at speaking in public or why people don't want to hear what they have to say, we pull that out all of a sudden their whole body, I can, I watch this, like their whole body resets and their truth comes in and it looks like a golden light to me and it fills their body. And all of a sudden they have a new orientation of the world. And you ask them, how do you feel about public speaking? They're like, I don't care about public speaking. Of course I'll do it. This is going to advance my career. Why would I ever turn this opportunity down? They can't even find the energy or the reason for why they felt that way. This is this is unbelievable. I mean, it's do you use the snake analogy always? I do. I do it a lot because actually it was an issue for me. I was just, I was like, I felt like you felt and you knew that I was terrified of snakes. Right. (laughs) I was like, she knows. You know, it's funny. So every time I do um, a podcast, I, or any kind of public speaking, I sit down and I, I I write down my thoughts and then I ask myself questions. I was like, do I use the snake analogy or do I do something different? And they are like, use a snake analogy. And when I say they, I'm consulting with the other side, my guides, my, you know, they know better. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. This is amazing how you've been able to channel all of this and really help people. And especially right now, I think there's so many of us that are just living in this anxiety, you know, during this pandemic and like not having their emotions come to the surface. Bevan used a line, like many of us are learning to bake bread rather than sitting with our thoughts and being able to channel that. So I guess for a lot of our listeners out there that are feeling those pangs of anxiety every single day, maybe at some different points of the day, but how do you suggest maybe they start initially just to, to start to channel their energy into a better way of thinking? I really think that starting with EFT is a great idea. If you know what's bothering you specifically, let's say you don't have enough money in the bank or you're worried about getting sick or you think you're going to lose your job, definitely start tapping on those particular things. But a lot of times people are so on the go and they're so in fight or flight that they don't even know what's bothering them. Sure. So in a lot of times, some they think something's bothering them, but behind that energy is the real reason. Like I was saying, you know, um, sitting at the kitchen table and nobody wanting to hear what you had to say, like could be the original reason for, you know, not wanting to do public speaking. So when you start tapping, you can say, even though I don't know why I'm upset or why I won't sit down and listen to my feelings, why I'm so anxious, you know, you can say that and your body, like I said, will remember what the issue is or know what the issue is and start moving that energy out. And what it does is it calms you down. And then you're like, oh yeah, 
I'm kind of worried about my car payment this month. And then you tap on that and you're like, oh, when I was little, like we never had any money and I'm starting to get triggered by that. And so you just keep moving out that energy and it really changes not only the present moment, but your future choices. That's the cool thing. (laughs) You know, I try to tell people, it's like when you do EFT, you're rewriting the past so that your future looks different. Mm -hmm. And when you say... Again, for novice people, I understand the, the tapping, but when you say tap on, yeah. are you are you actually tapping or are you actually you're hitting those myriad points or you're actually tapping into what you're thinking? <laughs> like can you no, well it's funny you say that because you yeah. are tapping into your thinking because your part of you is actually physically tapping on your body and there are specific points, but you're actually bringing yourself to the present moment and being like, okay, everything's okay. We're right here, we're right now, we're trying to accomplish this thing where we're trying to calm down. So yeah, there's different points. There's one on the hand, there's one on the head, there's um, a couple on the face and a couple on the chest. Got it. So how do we start this? Like, how do I, how do I, you know, do I just start tapping myself or is there (laughs) a book I read? So what you can do is you can start with a hand. So there's um, a spot right on the hand here uh, below the pinky and it's on the fatty part of the hand. So you're just going to start tapping there and you would say, you know, even though I'm having all this anxiety, I still love and accept myself. So some people might not feel okay saying I love and accept myself. Like that's they, a tough they, one. Yeah. That's another realization. So you can even say, even though I won't say that I love and accept myself and I probably should, I should love and accept myself. I want to love and accept myself. You can change it so that the tail end of the sentence is whatever you feel comfortable with. So like with kids, I say, you know, you can say, I love and accept myself. They, they do love to say that. But if they, if I've come across a kid that doesn't, They'll say, I'm still a good kid. I want to be a good kid. You know, that kind of thing. So I'm, so I'm like so hormonal right now. I don't know why this is making me so emotional. I'm like, this is really, I have no idea. What do you, I don't know why. I think it's just, I, I, I think it's so interesting how people can really tap into what not only is bothering them, scaring them, but maybe what they don't love and accept about themselves too, you know, giving that. And And that's, that's the best part of it is that you're really creating the best version of you by finding the things that have been holding you back, your fears, your limiting beliefs, the trauma that you have stored that you haven't really addressed. That's why I help people become happier. Think about how much happier you'd be if you didn't have all the baggage from your fears and your limiting beliefs and, you know, the trauma that's happened to you. I mean, you can- That's freedom, right? That's true freedom. It's freedom. Yeah. It's freedom within your own body, freedom of expression. And that's why once we let go of all those things, like I said, the truth comes in, fills them up and they're like, why would I ever turn down that opportunity? Like I'm so lucky and blessed to have that. Then they start making different decisions and then they find their purpose and then they find their path and then they become this light in this world and then they help other people. That's why we're here. We're here to do that stuff. It's only the other crap that gets in the way from us really expressing who we truly are that keeps us from sharing who we are. And you believe the tapping really does reveal the root of the issue, right? The old traumatic stuff. Absolutely. And do you yeah. have you have to acknowledge what it is in order to move past it? No. You just have to tap and keep listening to your body. Basically what you'll see when you start tapping is that for instance as Brittany got, you know, upset, you know, that was part of her body starting to recognize that there's some energy that's ready to move. And when you're tapping, you'll probably notice that like your shoulders start to relax, or you might feel heartbreak in your chest, 
And then I actually encourage people to talk about those feelings that they're having. So they're, you know, my shoulders are relaxing or that I feel the tension in my shoulders or I kind of am getting a headache right now tapping, you know, or my heart is not feeling like it's uh, breaking any longer. You know, you want to acknowledge the feelings that you're having in your body and talk about those because energy is stored with that within the body and it, the issues are in the tissues and that's where the energy and the information is being stored and it's helping it to release. Wait, Brittany, can you tell us what you're feeling right now? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just having like, I, I I guess I've just like, I've been going, 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 I think, and just doing a lot of stuff and just taking every single thing like as it's thrown at me. And yeah, I think it's just a lot of releasing and movement too. So, so here, here's an example. Um, I, I had <laughs> crying. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> in, so when I was living in Florida, I had to get a massage license because then I could practice doing energy work. And I was in massage class and I put my hands on a girl and she busted into tears. So it's the energy that I have that's interacting with yours. That's shaking up things that have been wanting to go. Yeah. So, I set the energy of every single podcast room that I do or any interview and it helps to release things as people. <laughs> yeah. The tears are just coming. I'm also pregnant. So I'm also oh, like, Oh my gosh, really, that's so amazing. So I'm like, but, but I like forget that I am. So it just is like, I think it's just stuff that I've just been going, 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 like you said, and then like really sat down and I so enjoy this time because it's like a very therapeutic for me personally, because it just like makes me sit, shutting off the phone, putting it on do not disturb, not looking at emails for an hour. It's like that for me is very therapeutic in the middle of the day. Even though when I come back to it, I'm like, oh God, like how many emails are going to be in my box? Sure. And I know yeah. that I have shit coming up that is not tightened up yet. So I know that in my head, but still it's like, I guess, yeah, just sitting for a second and just being able to talk to you and talk to Bevan, like it just calms me. And I don't know. Yeah, but I, everything's just coming to the surface, I guess. It's good. It's That's good. It's crazy. Good. But Let it mirror. Have, yeah. And we are all about having like good cries, you know, like you got to cry to let it out a little bit. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Just flush it through. So I guess I haven't really had a good cry in. I don't know, like a couple of days. No, <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think, yeah, probably a couple of days. It's Sunday, which is like today's Thursday. That's great. It's really great. It's okay. so interesting. I've done some really healing breath work and mm -hmm. that's where I found those sort of releases come for me. Like I've done a shit ton of therapy. I've done, I've worked with life coaches. I've done everything. And I think because my brain moves so quickly and I'm always trying to find a solution and solve and solve and solve and solve, the breath work and taking me outside of my mind and into my body is the most effective thing, which is why the tapping is really exciting to me to think about is that I'm not going to have to process and solve. My body's going to take control. Yeah, just release. Yeah. yeah. Really profound experiences can happen through breath work. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's similar in terms of release uh, because like you said, you are in your body and you're really releasing from the body, which, you know, when you look at your head compared to your body, it's much smaller. And so the energy and information actually is less. So when you drop into your body, you have more chances of changing how you orient to the world um, than you do if you just stay in your head. So I have a question for you. If, if now people are super excited about tapping, can they go to your website and access yeah. more information on how to how to do this. Okay. Yes. We will make sure we put a link up to that. So everybody has that information and can dig deeper because 
And then we're going to have to do a follow-up because I'm going to give this a full go. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Really like yeah. I'd really like to take a session with you too, Amy. I, I think we have to do it separate. We can't do this together. No. No, I would do it yeah. separate. Yeah. So yeah, you okay. were saying that you take all of your your one-on-ones from a distance. Why is that? Yes. So I started out in person and then I gradually moved to uh, working with people all over the world and mostly all over the United States. So basically how that works is there's a quantum field and we all are energetic and we're hooked up to the quantum field just because we're energetic. And once I say that I'm going to work with you and you say you're going to work with me, it's called entanglement. So your energy is entangled with mine and I literally become your energetic body. I become like a match to you. So I feel, I'll say, okay, do you feel that in your shoulders? And you'll say, yes, I feel that in my shoulders. I'll say, do you feel that in your heart? Yes, I feel that in my heart. I'll say, do you remember when your dad said this to you? And you'll say, yes, I remember that. So you're tapping. So I'm helping you to recognize where that energy is stored and what the story is about to help move it out faster. So working with me, a lot of times people say, you know, it saved me years and years of therapy because we got to the root core in an hour or two hours, you know, of what really was bothering me. And then, like I said, it really permanently reorients you to the world because you actually literally changed your brain. And I think in the coming years, we'll find out exactly how it changes the mitochondria, how it makes us younger, how it gives us, it makes us happier, you know, all that research. I mean, it's already been researched for the last 20 years. So there's a good research, very, very good research behind this. I did not create EFT, by the way. Like I just found it. It was goofy. I, I brushed it off because you're tapping on points, you're talking. It seemed kind of hard. But then when I saw the research where it turns on 72 genes for healing in one hour, where it lowers cortisol levels by 24%, you can get over fears, longtime fears, you know, flying. I mean, I've worked with several people on flying and it immediately became much easier for them to fly by a hundred times easier. Yeah. Um, maybe they got on the plane. They were like, oh, I'm a little nervous. We have Mark here, our producer, and he knows somebody that you worked with that you helped with that. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about my worlds colliding here. I've got <laughs> two shows that I produce all in one. This is pretty cool. Magic. Um, yes. Yeah, so Amy has helped a friend of mine and my wife's. My wife is also named Amy. So I'll try not to confuse you guys too much. But <laughs> our friend, when I say terrified of flying, I mean... It's exactly what you think. I mean, she, my wife has gone with her before and sat with her on flights. And it's like you're flying with a terrified child, you know, that there's like a monster under the bed. Kind Is of thing, she opposed you know? I mean, to drugs? Like, I'm, I'm asking. No, she, no, she was on. Yeah. Like, was she, she taking. Okay. Yes. I'm just curious. Yeah, she <laughs> would do the whole nine and she had to go on a flight. She started freaking out. My wife had already been working with Amy. And said, why don't you try? I work with this energy healer. Why don't you just try and see if she can help you? I think she can. So they connected one session. I believe it was about an hour or so long. And let's say, because I know Amy, you like to do this. Let's say on a scale of one to 10, this girl was like a 10 as far as terrified of flying. She went through a session, lots of tapping and some other stuff. And then she got on that plane the next day and said, 
her level went from a 10 to a three. Whoa. I mean, was not flipping out, was very calm. She admitted she still had some nerves about it. Do you remember what she said actually was the thing? She said she was a three because she was so weirded out that it wasn't bothering her. Right, right. (laughs) So she had anxiety about it not bothering her. (laughs) I understand that on a deep level. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so she, and to this day, I mean, she still doesn't love to fly, but that anxiety level has completely diminished now and she's much more able to just get on that plane and do her thing and not freak out the way she used to. That's amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. But you know, you were talking about once you release some of this stuff, then it leads you to finding your purpose. Can you talk to me about how you go from releasing trauma and built up energy into finding one's purpose? Right. So a lot of times in life, we will choose a path that is what everybody else wants for you, right? So there, a lot of times we become people pleasers, especially really energetically sensitive people. And actually you had mentioned about how I was chronically ill and if any of this played into being chronically ill. And I do believe it did because I was very energetically sensitive. I have five brothers and sisters plus my parents. And it was always like, is this person going to get angry with me? Or what does my mom want? Can I please my mom so that I can get some attention? So I just became this super energetic person or energetically sensitive and the veil became really thin, like my um, bubble became really thin and permeable. So I was really influenced by a lot of people and I would do things for other people and forget about myself. So what happens is, is if you're energetically sensitive, which a lot of us are, especially women, we get to like 40 years old and we're like, is this it? Is this all that's going to, I'm going to have? Is this, you know, did I do what I wanted to do? And it's only then that they start to realize, oh, oh, I got to unpack this. I got to figure out why did I take gymnastics instead of soccer? You know, when I wanted to do soccer, Uh, why did I go to that college, you know, major in that thing, you know, and then they start to realize that, you know, I've been trying to people please and it just is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And then that's when usually they find me or they find meditation or something else that opens them up to this idea that maybe they could start to create their life the way that they want. So you find a lot of 50 year olds who are like, fuck you, I'm doing this. I'm like, I'm not making the the cookies for the bake sale. Yes. (laughs) You know, and like, I'm going to live my life because people aren't appreciating it to the level that they want them to appreciate it. Because ultimately, like when you say you're gonna make the cookies for the bake sale, the bake sale is like, you know, not knowing that you're really putting everything else that you wanted to do on the back burner. And then when you show up and you're like, here are the cookies. Yeah, you're pissed about it. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with this lady? Guess what my kid's going to bring to the bake sale. He or she is going to be bringing like Levon cookies. Okay. And being like, yeah, you know what? Can you get better than these? I don't think so. Have a nice day, everybody. Thank you so much. I think it's Levon. Channel four and listen to our podcast on Spotify. Thank you. (laughs) That's, That's what I feel. But I know what you're saying. I know you're like, yeah, you're, you're pressure, just like, the pressure. Yeah. It becomes too much. And so I think that's why EFT, if you can find EFT or if you're able to do EFT, you wind up realizing, okay, I'm going to tap on the fact that I went to that college and didn't want to go to that college or that I've always been a people pleaser. Let me tell you something. So a lot of people pleasing leads to perfectionism. And I was a perfectionist and even Mark still to this day, sometimes will catch me on stuff. Uh, the producer And he's like, Amy, it's great. You know, stop worrying about it. But so there's this lady that I was working with and she wanted to have a dinner party. Um, Like she wanted to have people over for holidays, you know, and she really loved giving gifts, but it stressed her out. Like, 
what do I give these people? Like, what don't they have? You know, what will make them happy? Then it's like, what wrapping paper will be good? Then it's like, is the house clean enough? And then it's like, oh, well, this person's gluten-free. This one's dairy-free. This one's this and that. And so then she was like, you know what? It was just too overwhelming. I couldn't please all the people. So I'm just not going to please anybody. So she was like, I was ready to cancel Christmas and Thanksgiving. So I started working with her and we, we were tapping on perfectionism and, you know, trying to people please. And sure enough, the next week, I kid you not, it was the next week she comes in and she goes, I had a dinner party on a Tuesday night for 12 people because I wanted to. She was like, it felt amazing. And I connected with people. I was relaxed. I didn't feel like I had to make the perfect meal. She's like, I realize it's not about those things. It's about the connection. And I've been missing out on the connection with people. And that's really why I work with people. Like, for instance, the person who was afraid to fly, like she wasn't going places with friends. She wasn't, you know, exploring the world the way that she wanted to. And so I help people to do the things that they've always wanted to do or always wanted to become. That's why people find their purpose. Yeah. All that rings very true in my world. Yep. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's true for a lot of people. No, I, t- I frequently elements. get caught between that something I, de- I know I really want to do and then the pressure of it. And then by the time I'm doing the thing, I'm angry about it. Right. And then, I mean, my friend Amanda Gates would say you're putting angry chi into the thing that you're doing. So now that's going out to the next person and then they're getting like that angry chi. Angry energy. cookie. Yeah. Yeah. And then it doesn't taste as good or whatever. Mm -hmm. It it disappoints or people don't recognize it. There's okay. So are you guys familiar with the law of attraction? Yes. Yep. Okay. So here's where the law of attraction comes in, which helps you with your purpose. So if we are energetic beings and we're cleaning up constantly our energy, right? Like I was telling you, I clear my energy every day and reset to become Amy and only Amy, not anybody else's expectations. I've cleared out so much trauma over the last 16 years. I've cleared limiting beliefs, fears. So I'm like this vessel that is like very pure, right? So if I have a thought about what I want to create, I send that signal out to the the universe, right? And I entangle with that and I start to pull it towards me because there's nothing in me that says I can't have that. Or if there is, I say, well, why? So then I start tapping on it and I start moving that energy. So Um. when something's not showing up, I'm always like, well, what am I not doing? What energy haven't I moved? What do I need to bring in to make this happen? Why am I pushing it away? Do you ever find though that sometimes people are asking for things maybe that they don't necessarily want yet or they don't necessarily really want and that's why it's not coming? Yes. So I help people to sort out between the two things. But most of the time, it's really has to do with limiting beliefs and fears. Fears. Yeah. Yeah. There are very, I would say probably 10%, maybe to 20% of the cases, people really shouldn't have the thing that they are asking for because it'll just be too much for them. And it's not really what they really want. And that's another thing. Tapping will wind up moving that energy. And you're like, you know what? That's not really what I want. So interesting. Yeah. I The the fear thing plays a lot into thinking about the outcomes and thinking about the worst always before you even start sometimes. And I, I I get that. Like I, I procrastinate because of my fears sometimes. Like I, I know what I have to do. And because I'm like, I don't know, it's scaring me about the outcome. I don't know what it is. It's just like, it sometimes slows me down. And then when I get into a mode, like I'm good. I know, like I'm, I know I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to going to accomplish it. That makes sense. But the fears 
will start building up in my head a little bit and before I even get there. I don't know. Right. So what you're talking about is actually called the reticular activating system in the brain. So it's a lens. It's, I like to look at it as like goggles or glasses. So if you're always worried about something happening, you're going to see how it's not going to work out. And then you're going to find the things that are lining up with that. That's called your reticular activating system. There's so much stimuli that's coming into your brain and body that your brain's like, oh, I know how this works out. We fail at this or I'm going to lose my keys and then the next thing's going to happen. I'm going to lose my shit and then I'm going to get to work late and then I'm going to spill my coffee on myself. You, you just keep looking at it rather than seeing that maybe you avoided an accident or, you know, some mm -hmm. other things. So when you tap, you change that reticular activating system to be seeing, you know, the things that are lining up with what you want rather mm -hmm. than what you don't want. Totally. I'm so excited to do a session with you. I think it's great. I, as, a, but you know, an overall very positive person, like I do really try to think as positively as possible. I wake up in that mode of like trying to direct myself to a better way and positive thinking. I just have kind of, would you say, Bevan, always been geared that way, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. But I do like sometimes things get into your head and you just mm -hmm. start to you slow yourself down. And the fact when I go slow, I get pissed at myself. <laughs> so, so that's just... But I know. think that's a limiting belief in you is that there's no such thing as downtime. Right. That's a, I'm, I'm working on that and I have to slow down. Sorry. Anyways. I just, I just like took the tennis racket and just like spike that in your court. Um, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's Sorry, fine. buddy. We, it's, I, I, I recognize those are the things too. I recognize those things. I know that about myself. I do love my downtime too, but I do know that about myself and doing better at saying no and all of the things, but baby. Stuff. What's interesting about what you're saying is first of all, I was like that for sure. When we do meditation or have downtime or do EFT, we get into the present moment and that's when we are in the uh, parasympathetic, which is the rest, digest and heal. But you're also able to see all your options. You're able to get a better view of what's happening and then assess what's the most important. So if we're always going, we think that we're busy and we're doing the things that we want, but we might be missing something that might be an easier route or an easier way. So That's taking a big that time, thing. Yeah, yeah, it really, it truly, it's a brain thing. You're really calming the brain down to see all available options. Like I used to hate taking tests. It was the worst for me. I mean, I'd be up all night the night before and I'd go in and I would think I knew what I was supposed to say in, at the test. And it felt like it fell out of my brain. And mm -hmm. that was because I was so scared. And when you're scared or you're in fight or flight, you can't use your uh, reasoning brain to answer questions. So I help people to take tests by using EFT and helping them get rid of their fears and it calms down their body. And then they're like, Oh, I can answer. I know what my name is. I can <laughs> answer these right. questions. Right. But, you know, unfortunately, like, especially in New York city, it's that go, go, go mentality. And you're just in this, um, it's called reptilian brain and you can't assess the situation the same way you would using your creative mind. So totally. back to this sort of New York yeah. city, city, just being around people in general, is it difficult for you to walk around in the universe? I feel like you probably feel a lot of things coming at you at all times. So I've learned over the years how to, uh, it's almost like I tell people I put on x-ray glasses because, you know, I could walk around and see what's wrong with people and, um, and talk to their loved ones who've crossed over. So the majority of the time I'm considered 
you know, not working. In fact, one of the earlier people that I met that introduced me to that group, she was like, you can put a sign above your head that says closed or turn the light bulb off. Mm. So they're not trying to find you and send a message to their loved one. So I started out doing that. But like I said, I clear my energy a lot. So my energy feels really strong, but I know myself that if I'm a little bit off, it's usually because somebody's gotten in my space or I felt something that's outside of me. And so I'll clear that. And it's sort of like when you have a clean room and somebody puts a dirty dish in, you notice it. And then you're like, all right, I'm just going to take care of the dirty dish. But a lot of times we walk around with a bunch of dirty dishes, the floor's dirty. So you don't really know what's yours, what's other people's. And so I keep my, my room real clear, real, real clear channel. Can you, do you feel anything through Bevan and I right now? Obviously we're talking and going through things, but have you, as we've been talking, felt different things? Yes and no. So there's, it's almost like I am like a split personality. There's part of me that I can check in with (laughs) and, and like review the tapes. Um, And that's another thing that I developed through uh, meditation was rewinding tapes and pulling it forward and looking at it. But mostly when I'm doing a podcast, unless I'm doing a live healing, which I have done, where we I will talk people through, then I switch and put on the x-ray goggles and then I can see the energy. I can talk about what's showing up. Got it. Uh, so. By the way, also, Amy teaches to her clients ways to clear your energy so that you can do that yourself and protect yourself from all of the negative energy that's coming around when you're walking through, say, New York City. Mm-hmm. That was really hard for me. I I mean, I think I'm a pretty sensitive person who spent a lot of her life trying to please everybody. And when I moved to New York City, I was like, I can't can't take it. I can't Mm -hmm. take it. You feel like you're in a washing machine. I I literally feel like I'm getting tossed around. Yeah. You have to develop a pretty strong coat of armor here. Yeah, they say a thick skin. A thick skin. But Bevan, you've always had to have that thick skin because you've gone through, you know, rejection. You've gone through, like, even when you walk into an audition room, I mean, that's a thick skin. Like that really is like, I'm still developing it. I mean, it's still a process for sure. But I'm, I'm just saying like knowing you, you've definitely come a long way because you've had those experiences. I mean, that's, that's even so hard for people to even walk in that room. You know what I mean? Right. So it's funny you bring this up. I I didn't know that about you, Bevan, but I was watching uh, this is us. Yes. I'm like five years (laughs) behind. Um, (laughs) And she was walking into an audition room and she, she freaks out. What is it? Kate, Kate's her name. And I'm like, no girl, tap, tap, tap. <laughs> I'm like, don't leave, don't root, you know, don't give up this opportunity that you could have. So yeah, I would highly suggest that people tap if they're going in for auditions or things like that, because uh, people compare themselves and all that really matters is that you are the fullest expression of yourself. And, and if somebody wants you to be there being your fullest expression, great. If not, you're just like someone else wants that, yeah. you know? And it's the most attractive version of yourself. I mean, it, it's like, 100% is. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. We want to just touch upon and tell all of our neighbors. Oh, about. Wait. Yeah. Go before that. So yeah. really quickly, hold that thought. You were talking about tapping into other realms, oh, yeah. other spirits, things like that. When did you discover that? that. Oh, gosh. And yeah. tell me. <laughs> yeah. So the earliest one that I remember was I was about to see a client he had had a stroke. So I was working with him because he had a stroke and I helped them reconnect so they can use their fingers and things like that energetically. I was laying in bed and I was woken up by someone walking in front of my bed that was not there, but was making footsteps. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, I, so this is when I had to start making rules with them that they weren't allowed to scare me because 
that's scary, right? Especially in New York City, you're like, who the hell is in my room? Yeah. Like, like, so then I was like, okay. I, and I said, I'm not talking to you right now. That was inappropriate. You can't come visit me when I'm sleeping. So I said, I will sit down in meditation. I'll talk to you then. And so they left, the spirit left. And so when I was sitting down in meditation, the spirit came to me and it was the mom of the person that I was going to see. And she used to at 6 a.m. And that's when the lady came in energetically speaking, and she would uh, vacuum his room to wake him up. So when I told him, I was like, she called you this name and, and she said it with a Long Island accent. That was the way she called him. He was like, that's how she used to wake me up. She's so, she didn't care if you were sleeping. She just, if she wanted you to do something, she had you do it at that time. So that was the earliest memory that I have. But most of the time, you know, there've been a few times that it was a little scary, but most of the time it's always like really beautiful messages of love and how they miss the person or they're encouraging the people Mm. or they're like, they'll step forward and they'll say, this is what happened in our family and why she has a limiting belief that goes beyond this lifetime. So um, for instance, on my podcast that I was doing, I was doing healing for Amy, my co-host and her grandfather had a business that didn't do well. So he came forward to say, tap on the fact that the business didn't well do well, and then his health declined. So that was something that we had to work on because part of her body was thinking, if I do a business, maybe my health is declined or I'm going to lose right. my money and my health is going to decline. So we just cleared the energy and it really does come through. I mean, scientists have studied how that energy can come through generation after generation in your cells so that you can keep you safe. Like they, they study um, worms and rats and things like that. And, and maladaptive behaviors can be passed down from generation to generation if it kept them safe. So we work on clearing those things that make you feel like you're not safe from other lifetimes or other family members. Do you think we all have the potential to access our spirit guides? I do. I think that, uh, I mean, like I said, I was a science teacher. I never expected to be doing this. I've heard people say, oh, you got to go sit on a mountain and, you know, meditate for days and days and like <laughs> eat, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I wanted to stand up in, in the 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 meeting that we were in and be like, fuck that. Like that is not accurate. I was sitting in Brooklyn on my couch (laughs) and this shit opened up because like, all you got to do is first of all, want it and continue at it and stay curious. I used to have this little girl that used to come in. She was like, well, not real little, but she was like 12 or something like that. And she's like, I want to be a superhero like you. I want to have gifts like you. And I was like, listen, just ask for it, be patient. And sure enough, two years later, after doing energy work, she started talking to the other side and she sees all kinds of shit. And now I got to help her close that shit down (laughs) so that she's not doing it all the time. You know, I I think anybody can do it if you really want it. And if you want to put the time into it and if it's not your thing, consult with somebody who can do it. Yeah. You want to do it, Mark? I, well, I, I mean, I told you guys when I uh, joined you on that episode that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's started already for me. Yeah. Right. No, from what you've been doing. Right. Okay. But I just didn't know if you wanted to continue to explore. Okay. I do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think the one thing that Amy didn't say is it's also about really believing that you're going to do it. Yeah. That's a big part of it because if you don't, you can want it all you want. But if you don't believe it really deep down that you can do it, then it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a challenge. I agree to that. I, Bevan, it'd be so interesting if we could get Ryan and Will to meet with Amy and just talk about things from 
we don't want to bring anything up about their past, but you know what I mean? Just like be able to, we are such believers and we do from a very young age, even my mom saw a medium and she wrote down every single thing that the woman said, like at length. And she still has those papers today. And some of the things, you know, we were young kids at the time. Like it was, she didn't know. And she has said things that have exactly happened. And it's crazy. So we've, we're just huge believers of it. It just would be interesting for those, I guess what you could say, non-believers. Oh, I think Will believes in it. I just think he's, yeah, yeah I think he totally well, believes I, in and it. I, okay. And, and not so much in a sense of not believing, but also really just tapping into mm-hmm. themselves and tapping into things that maybe were covered up or maybe were, were, you know, I talk about openly with my husband all the time, like things that happened to him in his past when he was very young that he has dressed probably in therapy over the years because he was made to go when he was younger, but not, you know, really addressing it right now as an adult mm-hmm. and or taking the time for yourself to address those things as an adult, yeah, it plays into your whole psyche. Yeah. So I have a psychology degree. And for me, when I was going through it, the next step would have been to become a therapist. But at the time, I just knew it wasn't a complete process. Like I felt it in my body that it wasn't complete process. And, you know, 15 years later, or whatever it was, I wound up finding energy psychology. And that's really what EFT is. It came from energy psychology. And it really means that you can talk about what bothers you, but if the issues are still in the tissues, if you're not actually giving it the opportunity to move out, you kind of are stuck on repeat on a lot of things. Mm. That's why I'm so enthusiastic about EFT is because it really combines everything. How long, Amy, from being a science teacher to completely finding your purpose, starting meditation, finding your purpose, and now obviously working with clients all over the world, how long has this journey been for you? Uh, long. <laughs> so, okay, long time. So, I was, so I was a teacher, um, until I was 26 in the public school system. Okay. So then that's when I found meditation. And then I would say I studied, uh, the mind and the body, including nutrition as well. Like what, how that interacts with the body and vibration for another four years and doing some sessions. And then, I think when I was 33 or th- I was 35 when I found EFT. You look 20. That's what I'm going to say. This is <laughs> 40. Whatever, it, whatever it's doing is working. You said youthful. I'm now it's like, wow. Okay. I was Just like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was like, yeah. you're, you're 12. <laughs> like, what do you mean when I was 30 something? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm 40. I just turned 40 in May. Happy belated 40th birthday. Thank you. Amy, I would have never guessed that in my life. So whatever, clearing that energy really on your face, you just look fabulous. Well, you know, when you're happy, you you are your best self, you know? And and I don't take things personally. I talk about this all the time on my podcast, the four agreements. Everyone should know the four agreements. That it's been coming up. The four agreements have kind of been popping into my head again. Like I read it. 10 years ago. I don't know how long ago it was. And then recently in the past week, I've now had two references in the past day. That's a sign. Yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, being impeccable with your word is one of the uh, four agreements. And that one alone is so important because so many times people, instead of saying like, I can't make it because I have to go to the bathroom, (laughs) whatever it is, you know, they could come up with excuses, but they don't realize that they're talking to themselves and saying, I don't trust my words. I'm untrustworthy. There's this feedback loop of, you know, I'm not worthy of saying what I need. 
so just that alone, you know, so many people are suffering and they don't even realize it because they're like, oh, it's just a white lie. You know, I'm just saying, oh, I got to pick up the girls from school. And it's really like, I'm exhausted and I can't talk to you. But then they're not asking for help. They're not reaching out to maybe that person or another person and saying what they truly need help with. So that one is huge. Then the don't take anything personally because it's not, it really isn't. It's just everybody's shit and trauma and, you know, they're working itself out, you know, in front of you. It's just like, you're a witness to it, but it's not about you. Mm. Um, that one's huge. And what's the other one, Mark? There's two more. Don't make uh, assumptions. Yeah. Don't assume somebody's an asshole. Just like assume that they're having maybe a bad day. You shouldn't make an assumption that they're having a bad day, but like, I just assume everybody's doing their best, which is an assumption, but I think it's the only assumption you should make. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just doing our best. Yeah. Well, Amy, we've taken so much of your time and I still have 785 more questions, but I am encouraging everybody that's listening to go listen to Amy's podcast, to go to her website, check out all the information she has there, reach out to her because I'm going to set up a session. Awesome. I am too. too. That's what we should talk about. We should talk about it afterwards, B, and uh, set up a one-on-one session and can't thank you enough for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge so generously you really just exude i think the essence of of love and generosity so thank you thank you (laughs) 